0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio
1: app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
2: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Football is back. It's Thursday night. It's Fantasy Sports Today. College and pro Joe Pizopi and Craig Mish. We're diving into it right now.
2: Fantasy Sports Today. This oh. is caught! Dinks.
1: sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Toss away! To He's in!
0: And he welcome back to another football week on Fantasy Sports Today. Today is Thursday, November the 14, 2019. Craig Mish. Joe Pizapia here with you, as we always hear on this Thursday. Sean Blastomaki producing the show at Craig Mish. At Joe Pizza Pia seventeen, play time is over. Ugh, back to get uh, time to get back to work, Joe. Here on this Thursday night, we'll have our opinions on this. What well, looks like a dog game on paper, but I ain't ruling anything out. We've had some really good uh, primetime games, so we'll get into that in a minute. First and foremost, Joe, I thought some big news that will change the fantasy and reality landscape, which is some of these reports that came out yesterday that the NFL will go from a sixteen to a seventeen game season and losing one of the preseason games, which seems to be kind of like a compromise to me in between the 18 versus 16, because I guess the players believe 18 is too much. Uh, People believe the preseason is too much. So I guess we'll go to three preseason games in a 17 game NFL season, which certainly will help us in fantasy determine who is in and who is out, because the NFL preseason has been a complete waste of time over the last couple of years.
3: I believe it was Winston Churchill, Craig, that said a great compromise is when both parties are unhappy. And I think this is it. This is what you got. You probably wanted more games if you're a fan and the players wanted more money for those games and people don't like the preseason. This is the perfect in between. Uh, and also it's it'd be nice to have the extra game and have less tiebreakers. I hate tiebreakers. I really do. Having an uneven schedule number like 17 makes a lot of sense to me in terms of games played. I, I don't know why we couldn't do this. Plus, I would hope that they're starting the season at the same time. And what I would love to see is them drag the season on and have the Super Bowl be played over President's Day weekend because then we'd have Super Bowl Sunday on President's Day weekend and nobody had to go to work the next day. And the Super Bowl is basically a holiday anyway. We are only like a week and a half or so, two weeks, depending on the calendar, away from that. Can we just do that? Can't we just make that happen? It would be so much better for everyone. And preseason's a dog. I don't want to hear about all this stuff about, well, the coaches need to see these guys. They see them in practice for eight hours, 10 hours a day. They know the guys that are making their roster are not. There's so many injuries. The guys end up on the practice squad anyway and get traffic back and forth. Just stop at the whole preseason, so important. If it was so important, then everybody would play more. They don't. Let's get rid of the preseason game. I love this. This also, I think, if you move to the 17 games, I would imagine, Craig, you're going to get the two bye weeks, and if you do the two bye weeks, you can go right into Presidents' Day weekend, giving the Super Bowl Presidents' Day weekend, and everyone's happy. Wouldn't you like to have the day off after Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I mean that's you know
0: secondary thing for me. I look, it makes sense with what you're saying. I also don't know that they're doing two bye weeks. I don't think that that's part of this conversation at least yet. But here's what I would have from a fantasy perspective. And as a fantasy analyst and somebody who does this for a living, you should be able to answer this question for me. And, it's, right. and I'm not throwing you under the bus at all, but I'm going to prove right. a point. I'm used to the Mish bus. OK, I can only think of one because I thought about this question before I asked you. Give me one name in the preseason that you became aware of that had a great fantasy season do on his pre- uh, based on his preseason performance uh,
3: give me- aware of that. I didn't know the name of or surprised give, by their performance. I just want give, clarification. Give, give Daniel Jones, one- I didn't believe in. And I saw him in preseason. I went, oh, you know what? This kid's going to be
0: all right. OK, but give me somebody who made a fantasy impact based on a helium rise of his preseason performance. That was valid. Does that make sense? Does that a better I can't question? give you one? I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with
3: you this year. I could not give you one. And nobody can. <laughs> nobody right. can. Right. But I, you it know doesn't me. exist. Bruh, I keep it real here, bro. Like, I'm not going to be the guy saying there's one guy. Oh, yeah, sure there's one. There's there is one. There's one. Uh, I mean, I'd have to th- I'm sure if I went back and looked at my notes from August, there's probably one or two. Who Who's the one guy for you? Uh, and I don't have him anywhere, but it's Waller on the Raiders. It's the only one. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing with Waller. Okay, I will say that, but Waller to me was less of a preseason. If if they were not on hard knocks, I don't think you would care. A hundred percent. But that's, that's but that, a, but that.
0: But that factors into the preseason. Right, right, right.
3: But I'm just saying. Yeah. But it factors into the preseason. But I did not even think about that because in my mind, Waller's preseason wasn't like, oh my god, Waller was. You saw him work out. You saw the things you, you heard of the guy. You started to feel good yeah, about. You the know guy. what? You're right.
0: It probably was more of a hard rock. It was Nox more about hard
3: knocks and, yeah. and the power of HBO storytelling than it was about his preseason performance. I can go back up and look at the numbers.
0: But he he was
3: on the radar because of that. Yeah, right. I don't I, I think mean, he would have been
0: on the radar anywhere if hard knocks didn't exist. His yeah, pre-season, I may have to even
3: quantify that. His preseason would not have been on the radar had it not been for hard knocks. I I will. I will go that that one to the grave on that one. It, it There's no way. And, and look, every now and then you see a player. I'll tell you, the only other guy that enters into it for me just a little bit was I and it was wrong, but somebody that I thought was going to be good based off preseason. James Washington looked like he was moving forward. But then again, I can't I can't no, judge you, that because no, asking, I'm, asking,
0: hurt. I'm asking for a guy that worked out based on the preseason oh, performance. No, so let let no, me give you let me give you the I guys who did get let me give you the guys who didn't David okay. Montgomery going to be great preseason. No regular season. Miles Sanders, go take a look at the tweets from the preseason from Miles Sanders. At that, well, these out? were guys everybody knew, and they're also rookies, so you right? Gotta... But they played well in the preseason. So did Singletary. So the point right. is, is that the preseason means it as ruins much as your spring judgment. training in baseball. Now, the difference between spring training and baseball is that you're getting awareness of guys who could win jobs, and playing time and opportunity could certainly lead to success. And so you can take a shot on those. But the preseason success of anyone. That moved up in terms of average draft position based on their performances in the NFL preseason in 2019. I can't find anybody. I cannot find a single
3: guy. And I've thought about this that. Well, I the was, caveat you gave was aware of. Like I was very aware of Godwin. I was very aware. There's certain guys I was very, very aware of. He played
0: last year and he was. Right.
3: You're, you're laying out the. I don't even think the ones that you're talking about with Montgomery and Sanders are fair for two reasons. Number one, everybody knew about them, was on them, was watching them, regardless of them having good preseasons it doesn't matter because they were rookies and everybody knew what the opportunity potentially was and all preseason did was give you more look and make you more excited sometimes for better for sometimes for worse but i think the caveat you're making here with this which is name the guy that nobody knew about that showed up in preseason in 2019 and became a fantasy stud it didn't happen it did not no, happen, happen so, at all no no you you're you're right and anybody any fantasy analyst who tells you otherwise is wrong and if anything there is far more uh delusional looks like far more of the. Kalen Balazs hot takes far more of the, oh, my God, look at this guy against the, the third string defense. How good he is Like, who cares. Like, that means nothing.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, Tyler Boyd had a great preseason, too. And so it's, it's just a matter of I, I think this is the right move. And, and as I've moved away from caring about uh, preseason and caring about what's happening and what's being discussed, uh, if, if the NFL is doing away with it, what is what are they telling you as a fantasy analyst? They're telling you the same thing. Go with the players, go with the players that you feel strongly about and move on from that. And don't look at anything that coaches are saying and don't look at anything that's happening in the preseason because it's just simply not realistic. It's not. And and the result of it is only going to cause a problem for you. Look, I went off good preseasons for Sanders and Montgomery. Those guys were getting talked up a lot. Why? I'm still in baseball mode in June and July. I don't care what's happening in football. But man, if somebody from Philadelphia tells me that Miles Sanders is the most uh, active guy on the field looks way more talented than Jordan Howard, and it's only going to be a short period of time before he takes over as the lead back, and then he doesn't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to cold take those guys, but the reality is, it's a waste. And look, it's not like that every year. Two years ago, Barkley had a phenomenal preseason. Barkley moved up a lot and Barkley was the number one running back going into the year. Well, and I Barkley
3: was up, but yeah, but like, like I said, rookies are skew anyway because rookies are going to succeed and fail based on usage and based on when you get into the regular season, their health and all the other things like you can you can earmark a lot of those things. I, I think the, the bigger thing is the stuff you get out of baseball spring training, as you alluded to earlier, which is sometimes these guys come out of nowhere, get a job. And next thing you know, you got Justin Turner on your hands where you're like, well, that guy was a utility guy. Why is he any good all of a sudden? And then you pick him up or you draft him. And all of a sudden he becomes a guy who hits 300 and hits 20 bombs every yeah, well, year. Yeah, Playing time
0: is so big uh, in baseball. Right. Totally and, different. And, right? and so you, you can't go off the stats, but you go off the opportunity. That guy makes the team all of a sudden. And you, and you roster him at the end, and then you have an opportunity to to see what he can do. And that could still be a bust. I've seen that time and time again, too. All right, uh, we'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports Today. When we come back, it's time for the opening drive, a preview of Thursday Night Football. Uh, what can we expect from the wrong team being favored this week, both in pro and college? I had to throw some college in there because we were light on that. John Lobb will join us, get a preview of the college football weekend. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. as a reminder this weekend, make sure... Before you download the Disney app, download the Zumo TV app, and this weekend you can catch all of our programming over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. As Joe and Mike Blewett and all of the great uh, guys are going to be out there this weekend previewing dfs previewing season long you're at the critical point of your fantasy season the critical point of the dfs season make sure you subscribe and like to all of our shows and all of our podcasts so you can get an edge on winning in your bets in your fantasy outlook and everything else okay uh we'll be back with the opening drive right here on fantasy sports today after this quick timeout
2: don't go long. Big
1: Bob halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it...
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pisapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents... First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. From the opening play.
0: Time for the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today, November the 14th, 2019. It is Craig and Joe with you here on this Thursday. It's a football Thursday on the show. A lot to get to here as we preview the night game. Cleveland and Pittsburgh, also some really critical college football games this week based on some of the results last week. We'll get into that with the Gridiron Scholar, John Lobb. Is going to join us a little bit later in the show. Uh, we start off the opening drive as it is award season, Joe. Some of the bigger awards are going to go off tonight in Major League Baseball. I believe the MVPs are getting ready to be announced. But last night we had the Cy Young Award winners and in the National League, Jacob DeGrom takes his back-to-back titles and Justin Verlander edges Garrett Cole for another Cy Young for him. And uh, certainly there's a lot of stories going on about the Astros these days. We could do hours and hours on them. Uh, but the Cy Young Awards for sure, Jacob DeGrom who go into the fantasy season in baseball as probably the second uh, pitcher taken, I would guess, second most expensive or third right there. And then, uh, look, the Verlander Fountain of Youth has been found. I I personally thought five years ago his career was over with Detroit, but, man, he got to Houston, and uh, they they put that magic stuff on those pitchers, and they end up being great. And, by the way, a former Houston pitcher, Charlie Morton, also finished uh, near the top in the Cy Young Award uh, voting as well.
3: Yeah, imagine if they had Morton, they probably would not have lost. I don't know if they would have lost the game all year if they had Morton. <laughs> imagine that rotation with Granky, Garrett Cole, Morton, and Verlander. My goodness, that would have yeah. been something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Verlander had talked at length about how bad that core muscle tear that he had a few years ago when he was in Detroit and how long it took him to get the strength back. And he said that was the difference. He said he had nothing on his fastball anymore because he couldn't generate any power from his core. And it took him a whole season and change because he was obviously trying to pitch through it. It took him very long time to get back to where he was. And it was just the perfect storm he got healthy again he got to Houston working with good people get you some offense get you a new outlook on life maybe a hot wife all these things kind of work together I guess Uh, I was slightly surprised by the Verlander pick I gotta be honest with you you go back and I understand Verlander at 21 wins Cole had 20 but Cole's ERA was better Cole had uh more strikeouts by 26 326 to 300. Um, I felt like this was the year Garrett Cole should have had it. I think it kind of sucks that he didn't get it. I thought Garrett Cole was the best pitcher on his team. Justin Berlander, I think, was a very, very, very close second. And as a Met fan, the Jacob deGrom thing is great. I mean, it makes me very happy. And then, of course, as a Met fan, it makes me sad and miserable because that's my lot in life. And I think to myself, wow, we've got back-to-back Cy Young and Warner, Jacob deGrom, and we've got rookie of the year, Pete Alonso. And you know how many playoff appearances we have in the last two years? None. That's right. Zero. None. Zero. Nada. So um, so yeah, so as excited as I am, I'm happy for Jacob deGrom. I'm also depressed this morning because uh, that's just my lot in life.
0: Yeah, no, I, I understand it. And somebody asked me yesterday and um, my answer was, who do you think is going to win? My answer was Cole. And then 10 minutes later, it ended up being Verlander. So, you know, it happens. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought Cole would have won. Uh, but Cole will be fine because he'll get paid in, what, five months from now?
3: Probably you know how many? Like yeah. Well, do you know how many wins Jacob deGrom has in the last two years? 20? <laughs> not even? 21 same yeah. as furlander last year yeah it's sad with <laughs> this season i should say yeah i mean edwin diaz ruined
0: ruined his season this year and then the the uh you know the run support last year you know, kind of derailed him uh all right uh for second down here let's go back to the nfl let's go over to the injury report arizona cardinals say that david johnson is not <laughs> at all on the injury report this week boy i gotta tell you that's a little shocking based on what i saw last week but I, I can't endorse playing David Johnson in any fantasy league.
3: I don't care if, if uh, he's 100% healthy after what I saw. How about you, Joe? You could tell me that David Johnson went in and had that weird X-Men thing where they put that uh, that weird metal alloy they put in Wolverine into his back and do the same exact thing with him and put it through all of his bones and his body, and I still would be very afraid of starting him this week after what I saw last week. So uh, good luck with that. And look, I understand some folks are desperate. I understand like waivers might not work out for everybody, but if I told you right now J.D. McKissick, and his 10 PPR points or David Johnson, what do you take? I'm not playing David Johnson almost at all. I, I oh, would have to go. be down. Well, to I'm trying to think PPR. of a guy lower on the trough. Oh, would you play no, Kareem Hunt? I would, I would have... play Kareem Hunt over. Yeah, I would Harry play Johnson. Kareem Hunt. I would play McKissick. I would play all those guys. Would you play Tariq Cohen over David Johnson? Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think <laughs> there is a guy out there that I wouldn't. It's very difficult. And it's, and it's depressing and sad. This is a very depressing segment. You've depressed me here on the opening drive. We're too into it. Well, I'm sorry. And I'm depressed about the side. Mets. Uh, well, look, I I told you it's that it's that loser Met fan piece of me. That's why rooting for the Patriots is necessary, because if not, I would have left this planet a long time ago. I just can't handle the stress between the Mets just, just too much. What Patriots planet remind would you me. Have lived? Of the, what, what planet would you have lived? With? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going. Who knows? Mars? All I know is that maybe why not? It's nice. I like red. Red's a nice color. But I'll tell you this. David Johnson right now. I don't care what injury report he's on or he's off. I, I don't care if somebody dropped him in a league. I would add him just on the off chance that maybe it was just a weird back seizure thing last week and he's actually gotten treatment and he feels better and maybe he does have a good game. But if you're starting him this week, you have to anticipate that's going to be a zero in your lineup. You just have to understand that's probably what it's going to be. Anything more than that is awesome. If he has a great game, awesome, terrific. You can't trade him because you're probably past the trade deadline. So you just got to be very, very careful moving forward. I don't think there's any way you can start him. If he got dropped, I would pick him up just to see what happens. Uranus. Let's keep the show. It's a family show. Can we okay. keep it clean? All right.
0: All right. Uh, how about this one? Uh, CNN reports yesterday that a Silicon Valley startup is offering, uh, offering qualified candidates an incentive of $10,000 to move away from the Bay Area. That is correct. You heard that right. A San Jose-based company called Main Street was started by three Google and em- former Google employees with the goal of creating jobs and opportunities in communities in America. Quote, the $10,000 to leave the Bay Area came out about by asking ourselves the question, what is a fun, interesting way to draw attention to a serious and sober mission? The CEO said in an email to CNN, our mission is to create jobs in suburban and rural communities, and our goal is to create one million new jobs in the next decade. How much money would it uh, take for you to leave New Jersey, Joe, uh, just to pick up and leave?
3: Pick up Doug, and I guess it depends on where I'm going. See, it's difficult when you have children. If I was a young, single person about town, it would not take anything i mean you know 10 grand is not a lot but you give me 10 grand in the job like if you're telling me i'm gonna pay you sixty thousand dollars a year and an extra 10 just for not living in the valley okay (laughs) okay, that's fine there's a qualified applicants who accept the offer must remain in their position for a full year before they receive the payout so it's kind of like a hostage thing so they want you to move to montana And do this for a year and then you get the 10 grand it's kind of like a buyout at the end um i I guess i guess i'm failing to connect something in my head here maybe you can explain it to me so um if we're in tech companies um why does everyone have to live in that area anyway right isn't that the whole point of technology is like they're they're trying to
0: unclutter the bay area basically is what it feels is that why the raiders are moving (laughs) no I i
3: don't know if that
0: has anything to do with it but yeah, the Bay Area is – is everyone's on top of each other. It's – it's. I mean, it's it's not New York City, but it is – Well, I mean, it
3: is the home of Full House after all as well. And look how many people were in that place. Everywhere and you Bob go. Bob Saget had his hands full there. Did you watch Fuller House, by the way, on Netflix? No, I did not watch Fuller House. Yeah, my, no. my wife and daughter watched that. And did
0: they enjoy the Fuller House? Yeah, they really liked it a lot. I, uh, I think it's over now because um, – you know, My friend produced the, that actor, show, the, actually, act, by the, the actress is, is in trouble, you know? Yeah,
3: she's uh, she's in jail or, or she should be in jail. One of the two. Yeah. Lori Loughlin, right? Yeah. Good times. Right. Yeah. All right. Um.
0: Finally, the the numbers are in, at least according to Disney. You never know how these work. But even if it's six or seven million, what's the difference? Ten million people, Joe, downloaded Disney Plus and signed up. Well, signed
3: up. Aid. 8 They are crazy Disney people out there. Anyway, you know that. And I know that you in Florida. So you definitely know that. But there's these crazy Disney people. You, you've seen them. We've all seen them. Everyone has that friend or that friend of a friend. This is a little too much into Disney World or a little too much into the animation stuff. Just a little too much. We're like, OK, you're 46. Maybe you shouldn't be, you know, I don't know, trouncing around in the in the uh, full snow white gear. I don't know. You know what? If it makes people happy, I'm all for it. Yes, apparently everybody loves the Disney Plus And it seems like this generation of people in their 30s and even early 40s really is enjoying it for the member berries of all the cartoons they used to watch as a kid, which is kind of hilarious because this is more of Disney kind of preying on your sensibilities of your youth and remember, hey, remember remember when things were good and South Park did a whole uh, whole season on this where the member berries, which are, you know, things aren't really that great. We're just giving them to you over and over again because we want you to make you feel good about yourself instead of creating new things. And that's basically what Disney's doing here. Now granted, some new things, Mandalorian, my buddy, Aaron Nagler, who I'm sure you know who covers the Packers. Uh, he's a huge Star Wars lunatic. He was very positive about Mandalorian. So he's a tough gauge, too. So uh, it seems like everybody's really positive that about that. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait till next week. I'm I'm cool. happy because now you told me I get it for free. So, you know, like I said, January, sign me up. Let's go. We'll do the free year. I'm, I'm game for the free. How are you getting free? You, uh, somebody told me Verizon. Oh, it wasn't you. Somebody else on the five shows I did yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was you. If you have Verizon, you get a one year of Disney Plus for free. Oh, that's good to know.
0: Yeah, look at that. All right, coming up, I'll make some money for you guys. Is the wrong team favored in the NFL? We hit that next on Fantasy Sports Today.
2: SportsGrid.com.
0: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
0: Put your money where your mouth is. Take a shot by opening up a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com grid, where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open up a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering, on college and pro sports and you are in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open up your new wagering account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. You have to be in New Jersey to play on FanDuel.com sportsbook or in West Virginia or Pennsylvania. Also, eligibility restrictions apply. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back. Joe and Craig with you here on Fantasy Sports Today, the segment where we dive into some of the point spreads in the NFL and determine is the wrong team favored in the game? So let's take a fresh look at this, this week and see amongst some of the lines if we believe that this is the case. Now, not a lot of short lines this week, and I did add a line of five and a half to the mix here. Usually I like to stay in the one, two, three, four range, but honestly, not enough of those games this week. Some big spreads again in the NFL. So let's get started, Joe, and, uh, and take a deeper dive here. The Ravens are at, or the Ravens are home against the Texans. Does the line look fishy here? Of course it does. You would think that Baltimore playing the way that they played over the last few weeks would be a bigger favorite. Also, uh, no team coming off the bye week, if you follow me here, no team out of the last six weeks coming off the London and bye week has won or covered against the spread in their first game back. I don't know why, I don't know how. It feels like a fake trend to me, but think about that. You go to London, you get the buy, you come back, and you lose. That's happened every single time the last six weeks. That's the scenario that Houston is in, but Deshaun Watson versus Jackson is the prime matchup this week in the in the NFL. Joe, is the wrong team favorite. Baltimore minus four against Houston.
1: Uh,
3: this is interesting here because I think they're giving the Texans a lot of credit with this line. And the Texans deserve it because they're a very good football team. I think Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson are going to put on a show. This is going to be fun, but I don't think it's going to be quite the score fest that everybody else might think. Well, too, that's I the think. case. And the wrong team is favorite. And, and I think the wrong team is favorite. And that's where I'm, I'm going to. I think that I think the Ravens will win this football game, but I like the four. So give me the Texans on that side of the football, because yeah, I mean, I, this seems I'm, like a field goal decision game kind of thing. And I also think the, the Ravens are riding real high right now. And I think, look, I'm not saying the Ravens are the Ravens are a very good football team. I want to be clear about this. They're they're very good. Defense has played much better the last couple of weeks. Getting some help at corner has certainly helped them the last couple of weeks too, finally when they made that trade. But I think when you look overall at this game and you look at what the pieces are, it's basically Lamar Jackson making plays and Deshaun Watson making plays. And at the end of the day, I think they're going to make enough to keep this game close. So I'll take the Texans with the four here, but I do think the Ravens win the football game. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I want to just go with that trend of the London teams getting blown out, but... Uh, I don't know, like I feel like Baltimore think, is going to have a I think you have to dig deeper point. into that as a trend and find out, well, who are the quarterbacks and who are they playing the next week? And, hey, you know, how did that all work out? You know, it's I think there's a lot more to that. Like if you're saying, well, Kyle Allen came back and lost the next week. Well, was that the game that he went to San Francisco afterwards? Like I'm trying to look, remember the schedule. You, you have to kind of take that. That's an interesting stat. But I feel like an incomplete one because you have to give me who the quarterbacks were, who the teams were, and who they played after that bye. because if they played the Patriots the next week, the 49ers the next week, of course, they weren't going to play well.
0: No, but they should at least cover a spread. And none of them did either. And that's the point. The ATS, it's not about the winning. It's about, look, even if they're 10 point underdogs, they don't cover. But interesting. So Jaguars are in that uh, in that category, too, Joe, because they're coming off the London and the buy and then they're taking on the Colts. <laughs> yeah. Jac- Jacoby Brissett is expected to play. So my guess is, is that when he is officially announced, which will be today or tomorrow, this will probably be the last time that you can lay three with the Colts. My guess is it's got to go up a little bit more, three and a half, maybe four. If if Brissett is in, now look, it's, you know, he could have a setback easily and then not play, and then the line will shoot right back down. We know that Jacksonville is in most games. We know that the Colts are in most games, and this certainly could be a one-point game at the end. It could be a field goal, Absolutely. And if it is a field goal, Joe, the advantage goes over to Jacksonville. We know that based on the way. Oh, 100%.
3: Now, I love the Jags in this game. I, the wrong team is definitely favored. I love the Jags. Foles is going to be back first game back. He's got something to prove, I think, a little bit. And whenever Foles has a little something to prove, a little giddy up in him, he usually responds. Uh, there's so many variables. Again, With you mentioned the kicking game. You mentioned Brissett's health. What if something happens in the game and he comes out, even if he looks fine all practice week, and then he gets hit and something's not right, and then Hoyer comes back in. There's just so many variables again. I don't know how you don't like the Jaguars, and to think that Fournette's had such a tremendous season and now he has one touchdown to show for it, I think that's going to change in this game too. The Colts like to drag you down, play in the mud with them. The Jaguars are the wrong team to do that with because they run the football and play defense. That actually plays to their strength. So give me the Jaguars in this one. The wrong team's favorite. hundred percent. I I would wait till uh, Sunday to
0: bet this because I think you'll be able to get yourself a half a point or more, but I agree. And I would take Jacksonville. And I think that uh, crazy as it sounds, the most important thing for me is I think Lambeau is in the top three of all NFL kickers. And I think Vinatieri is in the bottom two of all NFL kickers. And that that's a major problem, man. Like I, I, It's a huge Uh, problem. This this is going on all year long. There's been four games already this year where people have said, well, if the Colts only kicked that field goal or if they only made that extra point, I can't do it. Um, I feel strongly about our next game too. Redskins minus one against the Jets. I'll start off with this one. I don't understand how Washington can be favored in any game. Uh, The Jets Uh, have at (laughs) least shown that they can show up every once in a while. The Redskins have not shown up at all, all year. Like none, no games. They haven't shown up. I take it back. The
3: first game of the year against Philly, they did. But since then, it's been it's been two months. Um, I, and I Haskins don't get is it. playing. I don't get it. I don't. Or what get have we sport. seen out of Haskins that thinks that we can win this football game here? And and just because Geis is back, that's not like, oh my goodness, we're getting Saquon back, Barkley back healthy. No, I think it's just going to win. I think Geis is a nice play. and I think the it's Jets are win. they
0: gave Geis the, the 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 least you know semi endorsement, which we know is b- BS, but but still, I, I the Jets. I wouldn't take them against basically any other team this week, like even the Dolphins, maybe the Bengals. I would, but like they they would have to be uh, playing against a bottom feeder type team. I know the popular pick is going to be the Jets this week. It's going to be a very public play because you look at it and you wonder how could Washington be favored over anyone? Uh, Because they do tend to keep games close and against Buffalo a couple weeks ago. They almost hit the back door on the cover but It's that
3: one and a half. It's the half that really is
0: like. (laughs) I don't even know if you can get that half anymore. Let me let me make sure. I don't know.
3: All I'm telling you is I I I can't I can't find another way around it. I think it's the Jets too. It's I think Crowder has a big game here. Le'Veon Bell's played better. I know he was a little banged up. They have talent there. They have talent. Jamal Adams made a big play. I just how are we going to think that Haskins is going to go out there for four quarters and play good enough to win this football game? I just don't see it. I don't see it. And it will be fun. It would be a fun story, especially for me. I would enjoy it thoroughly. But I think the Jets are should be favored, and the wrong team is favored in this one. That's yeah. three for three. There's a your parlay: the, Texans, Jags, Jets. dogs.
0: Yeah, well, dogs are winning, so yeah. Uh, Saints minus five and a half at the Bucs. Wow. Okay, so boy, is there a huge reaction to the Saints losing last week? Because if the Saints had beaten Atlanta, Joe, they're ten point favorites in this game at Tampa. I mean, that's it. I mean, because they, they've been rolling all year, and now a massive pullback on that. They also have some pretty big injuries. With Lattimore and then one of their offensive linemen are out, but Tampa Bay can't get out of their own way and they're always a pick six from losing. So they are.
3: This is a dangerous game though. This is a very, this is a trap I would run away from this game. Drew Brees last year on the road was a pedestrian quarterback. Go look at the stats. It's around 217 yards passing. He had only eight touchdowns on the road and that was a whole healthy season. That was not a good, I think he had nine picks and eight touchdowns on the road last year. He was phenomenal at home. And I understand everyone looking for the big correction, but Lattimore's out. The Bucs can throw the football. And you have Evans and Godwin and that there's so much room to cover there with those guys. And I mean, backdoor cover in the end here for the Bucks. I think this number, I think the wrong, wrong team is favored. Give me the Bucks with the points here on this one, because as great as the Saints are, they're going to have trouble running the football in this game against that defense. And I don't think they're number one worthy, even though they're ranked number one. I think just because everybody just throws on them so damn much. But at the same time, they have stopped Christian McCaffrey twice. You have to respect what they've done. They're definitely a top 10 run defense, maybe even top five, too. But I think that's going to really negate Murray. It's going to give Kamara a little bit of trouble getting going. And on top of that, I just feel like Breeze on the road is a little bit of a trap. So as much as everybody wants to see the the correction game, I'd be very careful here.
0: If Ronald Jones gets 25 carries, the Buccaneers are going to cover the game. If Winston throws 40 passes, they're going to lose the game and not cover. That's fair. That's the way that I kind of see this. Uh, Okay, this game I will not get near Patriots and Eagles. I would not ever want to go against Belichick off a buy. He's been historically the best in the history of the NFL. I don't love the fact that they're laying points, though, in this one at a capable Philly team. So I am just going to say I am not involved at all in this game. Oh, I
3: think this is easy money. Patriots three and a half easy cover the way that defense is played. They had one bad game against Lamar Jackson. OK, let's go back and look at, I mean, defensive scoring for this team is off the chart um, this is easy because the defense is going to score in this one too. Easy Patriots victory coming off an L and the buy and a team that does not cover anybody in the secondary. No, 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 not against Tom Brady. I don't care if it's in Philadelphia three and a half. This is a lockup. This is easy money right here. Take the Pats right. Team's favored. OK,
0: uh, Chiefs at the Chargers, Kansas City's minus three and a half. Ugh. I'm never taking the Chiefs as a favorite the rest of the season. I will not do it. I will take it's the Chargers. fair.
3: Here. I mean, I hate both. I hate this. If Kansas game, City's dude.
0: a pick'em or they're getting a few points somewhere, give them to me all day. Uh, San, or the L.A. Chargers, excuse me. If they're a pick em or getting points, I will take them all day. And that's exactly the scenario. They're getting points. I will take them. If they're a favorite, I will not. And the, the, the Chiefs right team's favored.
3: Anybody. The right team's favored. I'm not touching it. <laughs> I think the right team's favored. I don't want anything to do with this game. And I do Monday think the Chiefs will game. win. Yeah. Ugh, no. And I I, I, how, how can you Monday think night. that after Tennessee's game? I mean, how, um, because I think w- what we've learned this year for anything is you throw it all out the window and say, OK, let's start fresh. Whatever you saw last week ain't necessarily going to see this week. And I just think Mahomes on Monday night has a Mahomes style Monday night game. He's had some huge primetime games in the last year. All right. Fair enough. And that'll do it
0: for is the wrong team favored in the NFL. You guys can let us know at Craig Mish at Joe Pizapia on Twitter for sure. We'll dive into some college football coming up a little bit uh, later in the show which is actually in about two minutes from now as John Lobb is going to join us on the program and we'll go over the Minnesota Iowa game Georgia Auburn and all the other ranked games and some DFS options in college football as well. You're listening to FST. Craig and Joe with you. John Lobb next and then we close out with the best of hour one. We'll be back for hour number two. Also, uh, don't go away. Full-time fantasy 2 o'clock Eastern. We'll be back on FST with John Lobb right after this. Don't go away.
2: SportsGrid.com.
0: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pisapia.
0: Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. It's time to mix it up with a little college football discussion with our buddy, the Gridiron Scholar, John Lobb, who joins us each and every week to talk some college football. And, uh, John, that game between LSU and Alabama really lived up to the billing. And who would have thought we would have had two great games? Because Minnesota, what a job they did in front of their home crowd, taking out Penn State, too which basically sends Penn State reeling into out of the Final Four.
1: Yeah, Craig, what an amazing Saturday. You know, I didn't leave my chair in my living room for about seven hours. It was just that Minnesota-Penn State game that had all the excitement you could ask for. You know, I'm really pumped for the Golden Gophers to win that game. I did not expect them to, but it left me riveted watching it. I loved it. And then to follow that up, to be able to watch LSU and Alabama put up 87 points, we were discussing those games nine to six. Remember, eight years ago, and to see both of these great historic colleges throw the football all over the field—it was just a terrific, terrific afternoon.
0: Yeah, just so much talent on both of those teams. It, I don't think—I mean, they say that Alabama's defense isn't what it was, and and maybe not. But I just think there's so much offensive talent on both sides of of the football on both of those teams that I mean that's kind of why I like the over in that game. Um let let's let's look at uh the playoff first before we go any further. And LSU is 1, Ohio State is 2, Clemson is 3, and Georgia, John is 4, and people have a problem of course. Then with something in life everyone has a problem. But people have a problem with Georgia being 4. But I feel like, John, isn't this going to work itself out in the end? Because if Georgia, let's say they beat Auburn this week, which is possible. If they lose, they're obviously out. But if they yes. if they beat Auburn and then they play in the SEC championship game, if they beat LSU, of course they deserve to be in the Final Four. And if they lose, then they're out. Isn't, isn't that solved that or no?
1: Oh, absolutely, Craig. You know, I used to get really kind of passionate about these rankings But you are absolutely right. I decided to take a more relaxed approach, and I'm looking at the rankings. And to me, if Georgia gets the SEC championship game, everything is going to be dependent on the game against LSU. Now, if I'm the Ducks or I'm the Utes or I'm the Golden Gophers, I've got to have Georgia lose against LSU and have LSU run the table. The nightmare for those non-SEC teams would be that Georgia and LSU go into that with one loss combined, and then Georgia beats LSU. Then you're going to have, you know, who are you going to take in? Alabama with one loss, LSU with one loss. We know that they're inclined to put two SEC teams in there. I think you're going to have to hope that Georgia loses the LSU. It'll work itself out and then we'll see if someone else gets in. Now, to me, it's going to be weird with Alabama, right, Craig? What if they end up 11-1? and 1, They don't play in the SEC championship game, but Georgia beats LSU. You know, that's, to me, the complete chaos effect.
0: Yeah, well, then Alabama would be out, I think, at that point.
1: I, I but but say- but if
0: Georgia loses, I, I think that, even i don't know how the world feels about it for me, I am totally fine with seeing lSU play Alabama again on a neutral site in that playoff one versus four. I think that'd be great why would Why would you not want to see that game again? I think it was a great game.
1: Oh, it would be a terrific game I mean it to me, it depends on the competition where those five, six, seven, eight teams fall. You know Minnesota's got a challenge ahead of them. I don't think they'll run the table, but it is possible. And the winner, if Oregon and Utah end up in the championship game of the Pac-12, the winner of that, if they have one loss, we will see. Do I think Alabama is better than those three teams? I do. Would it be great for television? Absolutely, my friend. Alabama, LSU in a rematch? Oh, I mean, those rankings would be out of control, right, Fred? Put it on eight o'clock. But do
0: you do you think that there's a chance that uh, let's play this out? LSU runs the table. Ohio State runs the table. Clemson runs the table, and then Alabama runs the table. But doesn't that guarantee Alabama number four? You, do you think the winner of Oregon, Utah, has it? If if they don't lose either team the rest of the season, has a chance to jump Alabama? I don't. I don't think they do. Do you?
1: You know, so here I do believe Alabama's better than the Ducks and the Utes. I do believe that from my eyeball test. But if the Ducks and the Utes play each other, then you have that kind of strength of schedule right and I would I maybe I'm old school but I do think conference championship games should matter so I'm going to base a little bit but that means both of those teams have to enter the championship game at 11 and 1 and then they have to the winner has to win that so that that strength of schedule is strong but my eyeball test says the Crimson Tide is better
0: yeah, that's going to be a tough call for that committee Um, in the end that's to put that problem. in. Yeah, no, that's going to be real tough because you're right. If if they want to make conference championships worth something, then they probably have to put the pack winner in the, in the final four and leave Alabama out. But, uh, but truthfully, they would be better off for Alabama to be in there for the world. I mean, that's really good for college football, <laughs> for the ratings, for everything else. They're going to have a A tough go of it on their hands. Uh, By the way, this week, Minnesota, there's some people that feel that after that win that there's a letdown in store this week, and they're not favored. They're at Iowa this week. With Iowa being three-point favorites, we know Iowa's not that good either. We've seen them play this year. They can't score at all. Do you think (laughs) that there's a letdown for the Gophers this week, or do you think that, that they keep it going? This is a tough one because you would think they'd be favored in this game, but no.
1: Yeah, I was a little shocked. I would have thought on the road Minnesota would be like a one- or two-point favorite. When I saw the line at the Hawkeyes minus three, I thought that they're giving a lot of credit to Iowa at home. Now, defensively, they're good, but, Craig, you just nailed it. They're, They're kind of abysmal on offense. Now, it is a classic trap game, right, for the Golden Gophers. But I do believe that they'll get enough offense, and the difference to me are the wide receivers. Last week, we had talked about Rashad Bateman, and he was incredible, I thought, against Penn State, and Tyler Johnson. The thing that I like is Iowa is so good against the run. I think they're good against the pass, but not great. I think the Golden Gophers can find success here in the air because those wide receivers should be able to get open. I do like the Golden Gophers here getting the points on the road.
0: And how about Georgia-Auburn? Georgia's laying three in this one. Uh, Auburn ha- has been competitive in virtually every game they played this season, even against the Gators. They hung with them for a long time. And until uh, Florida's defense, which is probably equal to Georgia's defense, made uh, Bo Nix look like a freshman. Does Georgia simply yeah. go in there and win this one? Uh, I don't know. I think it's a tough spot for Georgia.
1: I think it's a very tough spot. I agree with you. I kind of like the under. Doesn't this smell 17-16 Georgia?
0: A lot, of these, a lot of these non-LSU Alabama games are under this year.
1: Yeah. And I mean, look, it, I think Georgia will be able to slow down the freshmen. Now, if this was in Georgia, I think Bo Nix would be in big trouble. Playing in Auburn, I give the freshman a little bit more of an opportunity for success. But I'm going to take the senior quarterback on the road here. Now, the question is, can the Georgia wide receivers get open? I think DeAndre Swift's going to be held in check in this game and the Georgia running game. Because Auburn's nasty on the front four. Remember, Auburn started the year upsetting Oregon, and they really shut down that Ducks offense, and now we see the Ducks are really good. So I like Auburn here to slow down Georgia, but all he needs to do, in my opinion, is make two or three plays deep down the field to those wide receivers, and they should be able to. But I smell a very low-scoring, under game.
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
0: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. We know that the Colts are in most games, and this certainly could be a one-point game. At the end, it could be a field goal, absolutely. And if it is a field goal, Joe, the advantage goes over to Jacksonville. We know that based on the way. Oh, 100%. Now, nah,
3: I love the Jags in this game. I, the wrong team is definitely favored. I love the Jags. Foles is going to be back first game back. He's got something to prove, I think, a little bit. And whenever Foles has a little something to prove, a little giddy up in him, he usually responds. Uh, there's so many variables. Again, With you mentioned the kicking game. You mentioned Brissett's health. What if something happens in the game? and He comes out even if he looks fine all practice week and then he gets hit and something's not right and then Hoyer comes back in. There's just so many variables again. I don't know how you don't like the Jaguars and to think that Fournette's had such a tremendous season and now he has one touchdown to show for it. I think that's going to change in this game too. The Colts like to drag you down, play in the mud with them. The Jaguars are the wrong team to do that with because they run the football and play defense. That actually plays to their strength. So give me the Jaguars in this one. The wrong team's favorite, 100%. Yeah,
0: I would wait till uh, Sunday to bet this because I think you'll be able to get yourself a half a point or more. But I agree, and I would take Jacksonville. And I think that, uh, crazy as it sounds, the most important thing for me is I think Lambo is in the top three of all NFL kickers. And I think Vinatieri is in the bottom two of all NFL kickers. And that that's a major problem, man. And we'll be right back with more Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two if you're listening live, or if you're listening on demand. This is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today.